You're listening to the GID podcast series produced by Alistair Grant and Elida Cow. This podcast brings together students studying global innovation design at Imperial College London and the Royal College of Art. The second series of the GID podcast is being recorded for the Work in Progress show 2022. You can learn more about each of the students featured and their work by heading to whip2022.rca.ac.uk. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the GID podcast series. My name is Alistair Grant and today I'm joined by Aura Marillo and Alida Cow, and we'll be discussing diverse backgrounds and different lenses, how to collaborate. So first off, I thought we'd start by discussing our different backgrounds before we join this course. Uh, Elida, would you like to start? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Elida. I come from an architectural background. I studied full-on architecture for five years, and then um, I actually also did um, entrepreneurship classes on the side, which I guess affected me now a lot. But in between, before starting GID, I worked for multidisciplinary design architecture studios, um, gaining a bit of uh, grasp and experience in that field. And here I am at GID. And um, yeah, Aura, what are you? What about you? Hello, everybody. I'm really happy to be here with you. Yes, I'm Aura Murillo. I'm a Mexican designer, and I studied industrial design at the National University. And I think that this has evolved. Um, I was very much focused on product and furniture, and I worked on companies that were doing this. And right now I'm exploring something completely different that we will be discussing about. But yeah, super happy to be here. Thanks. Uh, well, I'm Alistair. Before I came to this course, I studied physics. So my background is, is quite different to some of the others on the course. I do have a sprinkling of design background when I was at high school, actually. But for me, it's been a big change to be here. Um, and I'm really kind of exploring uh, lots of different avenues within design and within my own interests. So throughout this course, we study at a lot of different institutions, uh, six different institutions around the world. And I thought we could talk a bit, little bit about the different methodologies and the different sort of lenses which these institutions give us. So the f- main two institutions we study at to begin with is the Royal College of Art and Imperial College London. I was wondering, Aura, would you be willing to explain a little bit about what sort of what sort of lens they provide uh, on design and yeah. on the world? Yeah, definitely. So GID, as you said, has uh, a little bit of both institutions. I would say that from the part of RCA, we have a lot of the design methodologies. Um, And from the part of Imperial College London, we have all the scientific rigor. So it's really interesting because uh, we have open doors for resources of both institutions and also all the tutors, you know, are combined. So you will have these two lenses, super interesting, and also the possibility of collaborating and working with students from both institutions. I can add on to I'm on a different route than you two. My route was combining Keio University and Pratt Institute in New York. But I think going into Pratt and recently coming back from that experience, I can see exactly how Pratt is very different. Like even as an art school from RCA, because Pratt is very much focused on, we were in the product design uh, section uh, or major uh, in the school but it was so much focused on form and aesthetics compared to GID because I think in GID for the past year and a half we've been asking so many questions and so many whys and understanding the context and you know a lot of research went into finding or making something whereas in Pratt I felt like the questions were more about 
the finishings or you know how things hold or where things fit rather than why do we do this which is one thing we always asked ourselves uh, in this course or why do we even need this and you guys did the dlx so i bet you guys had a very different experience about it too yeah absolutely um dlx is a lab a design lab at the university of tokyo uh, which aldera and i went to last summer it's got this interesting mix where it's in a science research institute um, and it combines that very like solid science foundations, but really also trying to push the boundaries of what design is. There's no limit on the sort of outcomes that they're, they're really going for. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to inspire uh, researchers to think a little bit differently about what their research does and whether that means pushing them into a new area of research they hadn't thought about previously, whether it's about thinking about inspiring them about a different application that could happen in the future, or even actually finding a, a completely new practical application. It's really, really interesting to find those sort of like novel approaches and a very different approach to design than I think uh, you might necessarily expect at a more traditional design university. So I think like throughout the course, we've had a lot of different institutions which have given us very different lenses on design. Also thinking about how our thinking, our, our methodologies, our personalities from within the course, um, how they're different and similar, and perhaps also how they've been shaped. So I would say to myself, on a personal level, I feel like there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between us as a cohort. Um, but I think what really unites us and, and means we work well is a really good friendliness, uh, which means it's easy to sort of jump into projects with other people mm -hmm. and work together despite the fact that we've got a big difference in sort of our backgrounds, what we've, what we've done at university beforehand, our ages, um, which countries we come from. I think to add on that, not only the ability to grasp different topics, it's about curiosity too. I think we're just curious, innately curious, I think, mm. about a variety of topics because I know how many projects we can just like add tags to right now in between even three of us. Like it's just from randomest things that like we'll get on the table and we'll just pick it up and start collaborating and researching. And I think like it's that's one thing I realized about GID as a maybe as a cohort or innately as um, that's the course does but I really think that it's as similar as I am I'm also very different than people too methodology wise too like one thing for example I realized is maybe before because I was working a lot solo in school and then afterwards I will just like working with people but it will be just me and then sharing ideas I think I just realized about my methodology a lot working collaborating with you guys so I think it's interesting because you got become more self-reflect about your own methodology when you start collaborating in teams and you start understanding okay I do this this person does that how do we meet in the middle but what yeah. do you think Aura yeah to add to what you're saying I feel that there is like this sweet spot between being very open-minded right and having this ability to collaborate with different people from different programs. And then also we have this ability to be very much self-directed, right? And also have this hunger for exploration, mm -hmm. right? So you're yeah. always open to maybe listen to different people. But in the end, I think that people from GID are very good at putting the things together, mm -hmm. right? And making sense of the project in order to create something really interesting. So, I mean, when we're talking about diverse backgrounds, 
my own background is coming into design quite fresh uh, from a physics background. Something we've spoken a little bit about is how the Royal College of Art has these design methodologies. And for me, this is something I actually kind of struggled to get my head around. And I was trying to sort of apply my um, physics head in, into this uh, things like, for example, we were often shown uh, the double diamond. And, it, you know, to me, it didn't really make sense in the same way that, uh, you know, physics theory does. And I was trying to apply the same sort of thinking to that. Um, but it's true sort of like talking to you guys that I sort of understood that more... What I take the double diamond to mean is that it's it's about multiple stages of, of divergent and convergent thinking. And perhaps the way that's represented isn't the way that, that I'm going to understand it the best, but is a way that's represented well for other people. I'd like to ask you, though, you know, what what's sort of your opinions on on working with people who, who perhaps haven't come from a design background or a creative background uh, and perhaps don't understand or see design in the same way that you do? Like I became more and more self-reflective about, about how I work or my methodology because because I was working solo, even if I had my own methodology, it felt like free flow. And like to me, because it's interesting you're mentioning like these methodologies that design has, but I think science has similarly, equally even more has these methodologies that, you know, they follow. So it's just interesting to see something so often seen from outside, intuitive and free flow, mm -hmm. having so much uh, methodology and so much actual form. Well, this is what I find interesting is I think that yeah. I, I sort of disagree with you there. And I'd say that the sort of science theory is sort of very different to design. And from my perspective, and I'd be interested to see how you disagree <laughs> with me, you know, it's like design wants to be perceived as if it's got these these science theories behind it. But that's the whole mm. point. Design isn't science. And, and it's not about sort of having these, these rigorous rules which it follows and, and methods that it goes with. You know, by putting a diagram up like the double diamond, which looks like a sort of scientific diagram, like something you might see in, in, a, yeah. in a physics textbook, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it's trying to sort of portray the same thing. But from my perspective, they're very different things. You've got very different mindsets to kind of to understand what they're trying to portray. And if you think it's helpful to have that kind of representation for some people, but actually I think that that's not really what design is, uh, having, having spent a year and a half here. Um, and it shouldn't really try to do that. You know, it should mm -hmm. embrace the fact that it isn't the science. Yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, these methodologies are something, becoming as an industrial designer is something that I learned. And right now it's not, it's not like when I'm starting a project, I will start with a double diamond reviewing what <laughs> I need to do. You know, it's not something that I follow. But of course, it is something that is part of the basis of me being able to do design at this point. But I feel that uh, in design, there is not only this way of having the methods, but also it's about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And creativity, and mm. the way that you apply them. Because for sure, if Elida is having the double diamond, right? She's going to have a different outcome as me. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that is something that comes from this ability of design of incorporating something that is much more than a methodology. Mm -hmm. It's also about yourself and creativity mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I think GID has this way of allowing us to break certain roles as well as mm. a designer is supposed to, to be. I feel that each one of us kind of have this opportunity to redefine how we see ourselves doing, right? And I remember Leila kind of showing us how there are different GID alumni that right now are doing something completely different, right? Yeah. And how GID gives you this safe space kind of saying it's okay, right? If you don't fit into these specific roles and you can actually do something that maybe in the future will be greater than mm -hmm. what right now exists. So 
Yeah, I think that there's this importance of mixing different perspectives and not sticking to how it's supposed to be. It's really nice and interesting, but I don't know. And do, do you think, think that comes from the fact that we, we all have different backgrounds and because we've got different expectations about what's good and, and what, what we're good at, um, we can sort of put behind what we think is good and, and we can actually change our priorities and, and focus on something else. Yeah. And we find mm-hmm. it convenient. I mean, what, what do you think that during GID perhaps you've like let go of or value has been less important and what have you like become more focused on? Yeah, I think it's, as you said, because of the different backgrounds, but also of the methodology that we mm-hmm. have and yeah. how the curriculum is built, um, that they allow you to do these kind of things. And there is no no right or wrong, right? You have the, the, the freedom of doing and choosing the projects that you want to work with and also the people that you want to work with. So, yeah, I think it's a mix, mix of both. And I think to Ali's, what Ali's like mentioning is like we l- had to let go of things we learned before too because we're in this new space and like it reminds me of something that like when I was in second year of uh, school I came across a TED talk which really affected me because it was this like lady called this term called multi-potentialite it was Mm -hmm. this lady talking about how we're always asked when we were little what do you want to be when you grow up what do you want to do and then the lady goes like well some of us want to do different things like not one thing some of us find intersection in different fields and mm. then she called this multi-potentialite but i thought it was very interesting because in that time i didn't want to describe myself as architect but i was reading architecture mm-hmm. and i was like can i do something else along with this can i find my own term and i think that was giving me a space because like we're pushing so much for one term, one title, one major, and GID is not that. And that's, I think, what I love about us. Like We're all different around this table too, but we are all in the same space, but striving for different things and we're supporting. Yeah. What else is important about collaboration? Why is it good? I don't know about you two, but whenever I start a new project, even with the people I know, I always have these like, three questions uh, we gather and discuss about. One is what makes you happy like what will make you happy at the end of this project what will make you proud and what do you want to learn out of this and i think from this then you pick what are the mutual things because it's very important i think even though it's a week project or a month project to set an intention of any type of project i think it's also a balance of allowing ourselves to let go right because when you're working in collaboration you're not going to be the you're not going to have the same outcome as something that maybe you will have working individually so having this ability of letting go but also knowing that by allowing the perspectives of other people you will have a result that you wouldn't be able mm-hmm. by yourself so it's kind of sometimes could be difficult right when you have an idea and you want to push forward for that it, it can be difficult to just say, okay, I will maybe allow uh, these other perspectives and maybe we can do it in this way instead of this other one. But I think that overall, looking back in these times where, where I was struggling of letting go, afterwards, the final result was something that I was very proud of. Mm. And because in the end, when you're collaborating, it's not only about the project itself, but it's also about the relationships that you're having with these people. And I think that right now I'm also in a position where I prefer also to build these strong relationships and end up with a good friendship than just having a project that I can put in a wall and present it and be very proud about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think like collaboration is also like there's you know, so many different types of collaboration mm-hmm. and it has so many different places. Even if you're doing a more solo project, you know, the value I think from just explaining your thoughts to someone, it's always amazing how, how you can give them an idea, uh, tell them what you're thinking and they'll come up with a thought that you hadn't come up with before. So then also in collaboration, um, you know, you do a more like participatory uh, design project um, and that way you're sort of collaborating with the people who might use your project. Um, and there you're kind of, you've got a really interesting rural designer where you're kind of collaborating with these people not as equals but you're kind of trying to to trying to help them and help solve their problem and and how you approach that is very very different sort of just throwing an idea at someone else and, and seeing seeing what they think about it and then finally when you do like a group project in gid you know you're coming into it much more as equals but with different things to offer and that's kind of much more about sort of bouncing off each other and making sure you're, you're able to push each other up um, and so I think that there's all those different kinds of collaboration require really different attitudes, really different priorities, really different ways of going about it. I mean, you guys mentioning like you get, you're talking to other people and getting inspired and finding new ideas and like, you know, together in the collaboration. I think that was one thing that I felt a bit missing in the first part of our education like studies because we were all away from each other. And I think that's one thing, like when you're collaborating, there are sometimes side table conversations you're grabbing a coffee and you're just like chatting about this idea that lingering on your mind and you're like oh what if this what if that and I think that was one thing I really missed in our collaborations in general because like when you close your computer closes you know close a zoom call you're done and you're like no but it's not done you know it's still on your mind so I think that was one thing like I think that's also it continues and I love that of the collaboration aspect too. And obviously a huge part of our degree has been doing it over online. Yeah. Um, and Alda and I were like at the beginning, we pretty much met immediately. <laughs> uh, but like, I remember Elida was doing projects with people she'd never met before, uh, but still managed to have that really good positive relationship. Yeah. I don't know whether you've got any any idea how you managed to sort of have that continuing theme it wasn't just kind of like you close the laptop and and it's over because we didn't close the laptop i think that's the thing (laughs) i'm telling you like you guys will because you guys were in italy or in norway and then they were just cooking and i was still there even though the conversation of the meeting was over so i think that's why i felt more in the group even though i wasn't physically there so i think that's one thing in collaboration if you want to be I don't want to say if you want to be a good team because it's not the essence. But if you want to, like, that was the key of my collaborations with Ethan GID, even though I was not physically there. It was, like, learning more about these people than just Mm. um, the project. It definitely seems sort of like a common theme is the benefit to collaboration if you're able to get along with someone really well. Mm -hmm. And it's something you actually see a lot of companies do is they will be thinking their interviews, would I be happy to have a beer with this person? Would I be happy to sit on a plane beside this person? Um, But I think there's also a school of thought that that's not necessarily how you should hire people or what you should look for in a collaboration. Um, You know, there's benefits to be had to having people who are very different to you and perhaps you don't really want to sit down in the pub next to them. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on that because it's something I think we're not really exposed to so much. Overall, in GI, all of us acknowledge that it was something beyond just having a master's degree, right? Mm -hmm. I think I kind of feel that since the beginning, we had this urge to get to know each other, right? And uh, know the person beyond just the architect, right? Or the designer or whatever. And I think that that was something that also pushed us to create all of the different residencies that we Mm -hmm. did and kind of what you say, um, not cutting our conversations just when the project ended, but actually 
being aware of the personal life of other people. But I also think that is something that you need to be willing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not something that for some people, when you meet them, is not something that naturally will come. But it's something that maybe you are like, okay, even if this person is completely different from me, I'm very open for the way that he or she is thinking. And I'm actually interested in learning from that. We have all done it. Like we we all have spent one-on-ones together, you know, talked about things. Um, but I also agree with both of you. Like I think it's, you should be able to maybe not talk with the person after the project is done, which is sad sometimes. Uh, and it maybe is a challenge. But it's also about being a designer, being open. You don't have to always agree with everyone. And I think that become, begin takes this like whole diversity thing too, right? We all have different ideas. Yes, okay. Then how do we find the balance and how do we collaborate is the main question rather than no, let me just change what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I think like some collaboration, it, it's got this this thing which it needs. It, it needs a bit of uh, difference between you. It needs a bit of something to rifle all the feathers. But overall, I think you, it is important to have that um 80% of the time you are getting on, you are making progress with, with, with sort of 20% of, of getting in the way um, and sort of pushing each other to think in different ways. To note on that, I mean, we both, Ali and I, I don't know if you did Ara, but read the book, Let My People Go Surfing. And it's written by the founder of uh, Patagonia, which I really, I think, really love the way the founder of Patagonia's uh, way of, writing all of these methodologies of design, business, architecture, and all of these things. But one thing, for example, struck out to me when I was reading that book, they always hired friends or friends of friends or family of friends into their workplaces, which is cool because they ended up having all of these like people who love surfing, who love going outdoors and have similar values. And they had this like very much like friendly space. But then I question if that was... I mean, they all grab beers, I guess, <laughs> after work. But then I wonder if that actually created diversity and innovation. Well, I, I think that Patagonia, you know, especially at the beginning, very focused on a particular consumer group, like mm-hmm. rock, rock climbing, for example. And so it's quite a small community in itself. So Friends of Friends probably does represent the <laughs> diversity of the people that you're trying to get into it. Um, you're talking about like purely technical point of how they can make better clothes, for example, would it be beneficial to bring in someone they didn't know who worked in designing airplanes? Um, maybe, but <laughs> realistically, it probably wouldn't have made like much of a difference. It would have been a bit of a fluke, in my opinion. So I think it's, it, it very much depends on the context and, and what it means to be diverse in a sudden. Nowadays, Patagonia is a much bigger business. Oh, yeah. And it caters to a lot more than just um, some rock climbers. <laughs> so it's much more important that they have um, the diversity of the people that they're selling to and perhaps people they're not selling to too. Yeah, I, I kind of feel completely different. I feel that it's important to maybe also incorporate people that is not like-minded. And I don't know, you can also drink a beer with someone that you don't feel completely comfortable, right? Because it's maybe the first assumption of that person. But with this thing that we were talking about, how collaborating and letting go gives really nice surprises, I think that is also something that applies here. That maybe mm-hmm. in the beginning you will have a perception or a bias that will tell you something about a specific person, but that maybe in the end, it will get you benefits in whatever that you want to apply that, right? So, of course, I'm, I'm also thinking that when you're collaborating with someone, it's important this 
part of not only the professional skills, but also personality. But I wouldn't say that we need to be close just to allow in our circles and in our collaboration people that think like us because it's kind of shutting down innovation, yeah. I, I will say. Yeah. The hot topic today is a lack of chief design officers in big companies around the world. Research by companies like McKinsey have shown that companies which have CDOs outperform those which don't by quite some margin. You could argue this is evidence that collaboration with designers is vitally important. Why do we think that other fields, people within business, uh, don't necessarily take design seriously um, and don't put CDOs at the top? I think that it comes from this perspective that design only function to do things look nice, right? And this uh, very important part of design of function and production and, you know, people is something that has maybe been on the side uh, for some people. And I think that is something completely outdated because right now design is much more about asking these questions and solving global problems, right? And it's not only about, let's say, creating one product, but it's also, you, we can see how it, it has transformed to systems, for example. And, and also there is this new approach to people and working with users and also collaborating, as we were talking about, with people from a specific area, etc. So I think that what we learned here in GID is this way of perceiving design and also doing design, that it's much more related to global, right? That in the end is something that... Uh, people and companies are very interested in, but this lack of perspective and also this outdated view of what design means is what probably a lot of companies... Um, yeah, and I think the sort of outdated view on what, what yeah. design is, we saw that when we went to DLX Design Lab in Tokyo and they're working in these science labs and they, they go into the science lab and they say, hey, we'd like to do a design project with you. And they're like, great, uh, we really need a new website. And <laughs> or do something beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Design yeah. And, and DLX says, well, that's not really what we're trying to do. We're trying to think about how we can push your research or push push the stuff that you're developing. Um, but also I think another thing is is very related to that. It's, it's, it's very hard to objectively state um, or quantify the value of design to a company. Um, and I think this goes back to what we're talking about, like what I miss is design methodology and sort of design's hunger to be seen as a science and seen as sort of this mm -hmm. hot subject. Um, and and it, it's not easy to see where the importance of it lies um, within a company. And, and I think it is important to state that it's not like every company needs the same size design department. If you're Apple or you make a, a product like that and that's the main focus of the company you make, yes, of course, it's, it's fundamentally important that you've got really strong design department but i think what's also important is that you know every company has some sort of uh influence from design um mm -hmm. because although you may not be able to measure the impact the the bigger figures don't lie the bigger figures show that that having that kind of thinking that that wider thinking that we're talking about that's beyond just visuals and, and beyond just making a nice website um can really improve the bottom line and that's ultimately what what is going to drive a business yeah i think also it's about like exactly defining what design is and it's so much like in a closed box like everyone is like oh design is making things better or you know the color the shape but i think like you guys mentioned it's like now working <laughs> as a design strategist at an electric vehicle company when i came in i thought that i would be in between this data research and like asking questions and user research but what i'm trying to 
what I'm seeing, not only in this company, but many companies are trying to build these like strategy teams or design teams to be in this field of like innovation and like, you know, uh, be in this game of like, okay, we're novel, we're this, we're this also trendy company, we do this. But a lot of people are defining design and what designers can do differently and mistakenly. And I think that's what fails a lot like when even you mentioned Mike Montero and like then it comes the design ethics of things too like I think we end up being told to do things if you are not in the like sea level whereas a sea level is a table where they make the big decisions but if you don't have the designer there and the business people are like talking about all the margins and stuff and designer is not having all the say in to do user the person who everything touches to or the behavior that has changed I think that's the biggest that's where we're failing like if we continue to do this then we're gonna fail a lot in ethics of a lot of companies because then no one is going to be thinking about the user or not the user but also the i don't know the client the, the more, i think they're not gonna be thinking about the more holistic yeah. impact of what they're doing and having that more holistic vision and i think like yeah. you know that that mentality that you don't have to do the thing that you did your degree in that's probably something that's yeah. different about me you know when i started doing a physics degree 18 um I didn't expect to be a physicist after my undergraduate. Like it wasn't because I wasn't interested in physics, but it's a very different thing to to study it um, at undergraduate level and then become a researcher afterwards. Yeah. And it just wasn't realistically mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Um, and so I've come into GID and it's quite the same thing. You know, I think it's a really big thing that's, that's building me up and, and giving me a lot of experience. But again, I wasn't necessarily going into it with the expectation that I was going to come out with a job that would be called design. But being around you guys, I was almost a bit surprised that there is that kind of expectation. And mm-hmm. I think there's a difference in those more, uh, I guess, creative subjects or more design related subjects, architecture, which where you are kind of expected to get a job in the same field when you come out of it. And I think that's interesting because actually it may be a good thing if designers, architects go into different fields, which aren't the same disciplines which they go into. Um, You know, would it be a good thing to... Mike Mike Montario talks about how if you want to be a good designer, go work for Facebook and and change it from the inside. (laughs) But I wonder, and this is kind of the mentality I have, if you want to really change the world, go and work for JP Morgan um, (laughs) and and make JP Morgan a better place. Um, And then, you you know, you have a lot of power there and you're you're very likely to have a senior management position in the future. You're really likely to to create change. Um, And if you're the right kind of person, then you should be in those kind of positions. So we've talked quite a lot about sort of diverse perspectives i think we should sort of finish by also just thinking about um you know the fact that although our course is quite diverse and we come from lots of different backgrounds what do you think the diversity we kind of lack and, and how we could go about and sort of understand the perspectives that, that we're not getting from the people we're working with on the course I think that it's very important to acknowledge that we are in a very good opportunity, right? That not everyone has this possibility of studying a master's degree at the RCA and Imperial College London and, you know, have this freedom of working on whatever you want to do. It is important to acknowledge that also our group, in a way, even if it's very diverse, we come from different backgrounds and also different countries. That doesn't mean that we are representing the whole population in a way. It's it's very hard to, I guess we all strive for diversity. And I'm pretty sure when people, you know, I, it's always said in the college applications, they're striving for admissions or like striving for diversity in teams too, to bring out different perspectives, to bring out different cultures. But yeah, I definitely think that like we're in a very fortunate position um and we're somewhat similar even though different but i also think that 
at the end of the day, as designers, we have to be able to let go of who we are sometimes, like have not zero identity. But if you're working on a project for someone else you don't know and uh, for a place you never heard of or never been, I think you have to let go. Yeah, and I will say that here also it, it applies the importance of collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. When when you are in a project where you don't know maybe um, a specific problem or the specific place, it is very important to actually work with people that um, can help you with this. And it's really important to acknowledge that us as designers and having a master's, of course, we we don't know everything, right? And that is really, really valuable to be open-minded, to work with people that will help you create a better project and actually include and diversify what you're working on. Okay, and so that's what we've got time for. Um, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. Um, and it was lovely to discuss this with you, Aura and Elida. Uh, this is the first episode of the second series of the GOD podcast. Uh, please do listen to the next three episodes, which are coming out in the next few days. Uh, and also make sure you check out all the GID projects, which are available uh, to view on 2022whip.rca.ac.uk. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to GID podcast. This is Elida. And this is Alistair. We hope you enjoyed. If you did, please feel free to share this with your mum, your dad, your best friend, even your ex. See you next time.